Welcome, everyone, to another great episode of the Encounter Grow Witness podcast with the rock star Beth Spazarni. Beth, how you doing? I'm doing well. How about you? I am doing great. We record this on a Friday, so mm-hmm. I feel like it's been kind of a, a long, busy week. So Friday, yeah. I'm, you've noticed I feel I get a little giddy. Yeah. Or <laughs> I think that, that seems correct. Yes. Yeah, so I, I'm doing really well. Yeah, um, nice. We're, we're still in the season of Lent, but we're looking yeah. forward very soon to Easter uh, so I think we're going to talk about some of the good habits that yeah. uh, the new life of the resurrection pours into us. But I thought it'd be fun to talk a little bit about Lent as we get started. Mm-hmm. And um, Beth, what uh, any special meals that your family had that you loved or didn't love mm-hmm. during Lent growing up or that you mm-hmm. have now? Growing up, I remember there was one year where we did soup all Lent. Ooh. All Lent. Super. And they were more austere. It was more of an austere experience than like, okay. you know... Uh, a fancy soup, but that was good. Um, and we're trying to just be real simple too. So I think last night was hot dogs and green beans and French fries. Well, okay, tough, really tough, really <laughs> tough. And I, I wasn't tough super for brave the family or it. tough for like, you. Just me. Everyone else was pleased. Okay, <laughs> the children were quite pleased. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's great. Yeah, we were talking about tuna fish casserole before yeah. this yeah. too. Yeah, I'm and curious you, to know your opinions on that. I like it. My mom made a great tuna fish casserole, and yes. then I had one a few years ago. Um, on a Friday somewhere else. It was out in Orchard Lake, actually. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I tried it, and I was like, oh, yeah, I like this a lot. Yeah, it's a delicious dish. Mm-hmm. I feel this is tuna fish and mayonnaise and noodles. This feels wrong. I didn't make it, so I don't know how no, it feels it's wrong. made, yeah, but it's wrong. I know it's delicious. <laughs> it's wrong. So. <laughs> uh, now, my my Friday would be, I've we've had... Um, tofu caesar salad and i'll tell you that's a good time not a crowd pleaser <laughs> like you'd think <laughs> not not the prom queen of all friday yeah Lenten meals but i enjoy it all right well you know there's it's fun to meet a tofu lover um <laughs> yes. i don't i don't know a lot of those so perhaps you know more than you realize <laughs> maybe it's a, it's a subculture yes perhaps. i'm not familiar with um but it perhaps gets it to is. the heart of lent right that lent yes. isn't this chance to replace a delicious gourmet meat-centered meal with a delicious gourmet, right? Like uh, seafood or right. fish-centered meal. A little meal. more simple. Yeah, it's a way to simplify our lives yeah. and to offer even the mortification of a, a simpler meal yep. or something we don't really love to the yep. Lord, and that God does something great with that. That's right. Right. It's a reminder for us not to look for ultimate meaning, ultimate happiness, fulfillment yeah. in the things of this world. That's right. Um. And that, you know, we had this notion growing up as a kid to say no to something every day Mm. during Lent. You know, even if it was a little thing, like the second best option at a lunch meal or giving up your preference to a sibling. Um, So it it doesn't have to be these like mega things, but just a little bit of no reminds me to root my hope, my faith, my desire for perfection, not in happiness in this world, but in the Lord. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, last time we talked about bad habits, and I that was um, fun. I still did pick some more hangnails in the last <laughs> month. I, I did, um, mm. yeah. But I'm excited to talk about good habits today. Yeah, I guess we have to pivot from yeah, the bad, bad habits to, good. to mm-hmm. the good habits because that's how yeah. the pastoral letter gives yeah. us direction, right? Yeah, the and good that, habits are there's a lot of hope happening in here. Yeah, and even in thinking about how Jesus talks about repent and believe in the gospel, yeah. acknowledging the bad habits, repent, right. and then turning towards what we think God is leading us to Um, pulling the curtain back a little bit here just to tell our uh, our listeners like Beth is so good at preparing and she's very systematic organized I admire her tremendously for this 
I am not <laughs> great at that in this exact way. So yes. um, I was teasing Beth. I'm just going to kick back and listen to her. No. But she said I'm not allowed to do that. No, no. <laughs> but we're going to let her kick it off. So yeah. let's talk about the, the yeah, good the habits. Yeah, the good habits. So the letter says, our good habits are those dispositions of mind and heart that we must take on in order to become a radically mission-oriented church. They are, in fact, a participation in the mind and heart of Jesus. I love that last part, that these are a participation in the mind and heart of Jesus. We can see each of these good habits lived out in the life of Christ, right? And if we're followers of Christ, we want to be like him. And so it's a good examination of conscience and calling us on to be more like him in these. So Yeah, the disposition in our mind, you know, and how we think, yeah. and, and then in our heart, like letting our affections turn towards the Lord. Yeah. Um, this is a lot of seminary formation, especially in the last few decades, the church really helping us to focus on what am I doing with the affections of my heart? Mm. So I feel like I get to speak about this a lot with our men preparing to be priests yeah. because the church has told us this is so important to yeah. have what we call affective maturity, to be mm. mature in the movements of our hearts, the affects. Mm-hmm. And so the way this is you know, a disposition of my heart and a participation in the heart of Jesus mm. are, are great ways to think about these yeah. habits as well. I love it. I love it. Well, Our first habit. Docility to the spirit. Yeah. Tell us about docility to the spirit, Beth. Yeah, I was thinking about these, and I thought it'd be fun to talk through practical tips for growing in these. But yeah. also, I'd just love to look at the saints, right, and think through, like, what saints do you see demonstrating and living this out? Because I just love when you look at the saints, right, you see these unique manifestations of these these good habits in so many ways, right? They resembled Christ. They're with God in heaven. So for docility to the spirit, does anyone come to mind for you? Oh, yeah. I, I yeah. mean, I, I love I love thinking about the saints and yeah. the way they um, manifest or instantiate. It's a fun word. Just All makes right, me now. feel smart to instantiate. say. Instantiate All this right. habit in a concrete circumstance. Yeah. Um, St. Philip Neri is one I think about mm. a lot. Uh, Philip Neri was this tremendous reformer in the Mm -hmm. church and not turning us away from the truth of the Catholic faith like some of the Protestant reformers were, but helping, you know, peel back the the sin and the challenges of his day, especially in Rome. And he just had this tremendous trust in the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. to lead um, where where the Holy Spirit wanted him to go and just a great freedom and confidence. And I feel like docility to the Holy Spirit is a way of putting God's plans ahead of my own plans yeah. and getting out of my own um, thinking that I have to figure every bit of it out. Yeah. And therefore, I create attention or I create anxiety about doing it perfectly. Mm-hmm. And Philip Neary had this wonderful way of loving. Like there's the story of his his heart even growing so much that his ribs are cracked from yeah. the inside. Right? And he just he loved so much because he was ready to accept people wherever they came to him mm. and to lead them to the gospel. Mm-hmm. So he's one I think of often with docility yeah. to the Holy Spirit. That's awesome. How about you? <clears throat> That's awesome. For this one, I just, I, maybe not creative, but the Blessed Mother, right? And oh, I was wow. just thinking okay. about, well, I know, but I was thinking about, I read this great <laughs> thing about how um, in Mary, right, Mary's yes to the Holy Spirit conceived new life, right? Brought brought Christ the Savior yeah. into the world. And so I was just thinking like how how the Lord still wants to bring new life into the world through us, right? And through yeah. our yes to the Holy Spirit. Why are you grinning at me? I like just get like, like Mary, can, yeah, Mary well, does all of these really uh, of well. So well. I feel of like it's a does. little cheating. Well, I'm not going to use her for the other ones, <laughs> but she's my answer for that. 
Um, yeah. So I, I don't mean that. to teach you about. No, Sorry, it's go good. Ahead. I'm I'm holding with it. Yeah. Um, Behold, I'm the handmaid of the Lord. May it be done unto me according to your word. And just thinking through, like, uh, one of the things that I often pray when I'm with a group of people and we're trying to pray about what we should do, I'll say, Lord, we have these ideas. Please take them away from us if they're not your yeah. ideas, right? Yeah. Like, I just love the idea of the Lord coming in and just clearing off my desk and then placing one thing right in the middle of it. <laughs> I just would find that. I, I love when that happens. And, yeah. you know, I, I can tell... Sometimes there was a time years ago where I was just really passionate about men's ministry. I was like, we've got to do something. And I was imagining here are all these great men who could lead it. Here's what it could look like. It'd be like, I was just lining it all up, you know? And I was talking to so many people and eventually people were like, wow, maybe this is really something the Lord is doing. Yeah. But in my heart, I kind of knew the Lord was like, yeah, but it's not the right time for that. Mm. But I thought it was such a good idea and these people were good and I just, you know, yeah. but didn't work out. Well, of course it didn't work out. It wasn't, it wasn't the work of the Lord, right? So well, I, trying I think, to discern more. Yeah. Is and this that's the Lord. And that's so, so helpful, Beth, because, you know, I don't need to discern the working of the Holy Spirit. Like, should I be generous to my coworkers or should I be a jerk? Let me go pray yeah. about this, right? <laughs> that you don't like, need to discern. That. Yeah, like that's been discerned. That's yep. clearly revealed to yep. us. So it's not docility to the Holy Spirit isn't always like, should I do a good thing or a bad thing? Right? <laughs> right. That's not what this is about. Yes. This is saying there are more good things than we could possibly do. Yeah. Right? And so what's the right thing to do right now? And Jesus promises he would send the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. to lead us into all truth yeah. and to lead us where we need to go and to guide us. And he'll be our advocate yeah. and our counselor. Yeah. Um, and so I, I think that's such an important key that the Holy Spirit leads us to make the best decision yeah. for what needs to be done now, not right. by our own light, but by right. God's will. Right. For me, I think the Holy Spirit is usually asking me to do less. Mm. Typically. Okay. <laughs> that's typically me. Yeah. But I had a friend who said she always knows it's the Holy Spirit if she's praying and she gets the idea. Mm. And I'm thinking that for me, that would be a disaster. <laughs> Lots <laughs> of ideas come up. Too many. Too many. <laughs> yes. Well, the doing less makes me think of quality over quantity. Yeah. And how important that is. And yeah. We can fill our lives with being really busy, yeah. but with a low quality yep. of that. And God often is doing high quality things yeah even if it doesn't feel like it's you know um the busiest mm -hmm. you know just thinking about the ministry of jesus spending all of his time with these disciples yeah that that was certainly quality mm -hmm. over like let me run around <laughs> all of the known world at that time and work an infinite number of miracles yeah so yeah, yeah. any tips come to mind for you for how to help how, how, how each of us can be more docile to the Holy Spirit? Yeah, I, I'll say for me, one of the challenges is I get an idea and I kind of, I'll be fierce about it in a way mm -hmm. that it's more about me than about what I think mm -hmm. God's doing. So yeah. what's helpful for me is just when I have what I think is a good idea or what I think is important for us to do, to figure figure out a way to be detached from that a little bit mm, like god i yeah. give you permission to do what you want with this like i want mm -hmm. your will to be done even if it's not exactly the way and we'll That's talk good. about a spirit of cooperation the way that requires <clears throat> yeah. some you know giving and taking yeah. um but i think often like the ideas i feel most strongly about a direction mm -hmm. i do have to like give that over to god and say like let this be your will not yeah. my will be done yeah. 
How about you? Yeah, and that's a it's a good and a painful thing, right? Because there are good things that we think could come and, and it's not the time or whatever. It doesn't work out. Yeah. yeah. One of the things, this is super practical, but one of the things I've been doing lately is setting an alarm on my phone with just short little prayers throughout the day. Mm. So I have yeah. like an alarm at noon that invites me to surrender and an alarm at nine that's like invite the Holy Spirit into this day, you know? And yeah. um, it's helpful because I get interrupted. <laughs> I get interrupted. Yeah. And by that prayer. Yeah, by, by that, that prayer. Yeah, so which yeah. usually I'm getting interrupted by something bad that's happened on the other side of the world. <laughs> yeah, or, you know, someone yeah. needs something from me, right? Um, so that's one thing that I've been, I read an article about someone who said they wanted to be radically interruptible. Ooh. Yeah. Wow. And I just, I've been still sitting with it, right? Like, how can we be radically interruptible? Do I want allow that? the Lord. Yeah. <laughs> right? By the Lord. Yes. Yeah, that's what I mean, right? Like, yeah. I feel like that's really peeling it back to give it to him. Yeah. 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 That's great. So uh, we could talk forever on we each of these, forever, right? But, but let's yeah. not do that. Let's not. Uh, so innovation, huh? Number two, a, a spirit, spirit of, of innovation. innovation. Yeah. Uh, tell us a little bit about a spirit the of innovation. The phrase in this one that really just struck me was, we need to jettison old structures mm. for the sake of mission, right? For the sake of reaching more people. And I know we've, we talk about innovation a lot. We had a whole yeah. episode on this. Um, but I, I was just thinking about, you know, the latest uh, storms we had with the freezing rain mm. and the ice on the tree branches. It was too much, right? And all these branches fell down. And I was just thinking like about, you know, these trees lost the branches, but it's because they couldn't support them anymore, yeah. right? And so in the same way, right, we need to let go of things to to make room for new growth. Yeah. And I think that jettisoning old structures can be really painful. And um, some people are easy, happy, ready to move on, <laughs> let go of it, it didn't work, start again. Right. Uh, or some of us are always taking out a clean sheet of paper and saying, we can do it better. Yeah. <laughs> Others, not as much. Right? Others, this is more of a challenge. But just trying to see, I've been asking the Lord as I, I was running the other day, and I, there's still a lot of our neighbors haven't been able to take care of the branches, so they're still on the ground. And I've just been thinking, like, Lord, what are you asking? Yeah. What are you asking me to jettison? What are you What are you taking away to make room for something else, even if I don't see what it is at first? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Like all of these, but I think of this one especially. Like, if our first thought is to jettisoning whatever that ver- jettisoning. <laughs> um, others programs ah, right? that's not the, work, then yeah. i am not taking it to heart right just that's like true. any examination of conscience if i'm yeah. calling to mind what other people need to change yeah is, is not the mind us. of it right so it's always easy to yeah. say let's get rid of the thing someone else did yeah. or what came before me yeah. um but to put my thoughts my programs my plans on yeah. you know to be radically available yeah. and to be willing to change and to adapt there's yep. a freedom that's required here. Yeah. Um, and I think we talked about this when we mentioned it before, but a freedom to fail. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's so important, you know, especially as we're like, we are doing this more than anyone in the in the country right now in Detroit. Yeah. Families of parishes yep. is really hard and it's that's really right. difficult. Yeah. And there's lots of things that are not going to go perfectly. That's right. And if our fear or our, you know, our prerequisite is... Anything that doesn't go perfectly is wrong. We're never going to make no, progress. You really right? can't get out of bed. Yeah. <laughs> if that's, if that's right? your goal. That's paralysis. Yeah, that's right. And so even, you know, with families of parishes, yeah. uh, the jettisoning of, cert- jettisoning of certain structures. Man, that's a tough word. It's a fun one, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Of certain structures requires a, a readiness to make mistakes and to it learn does. from our mistakes and to, yeah. to live in the tension of, 
we need to do this and we know we're not going to be perfect at it and we know it's going to be hard, but that's not an excuse to just, as you said, crawl back into bed and ignore the challenges that we're facing. Yeah. So true. Yeah. Innovation is, um, is it comes more naturally to me. I think it's, I think it's fun. Yeah. (laughs) I always want to tinker and improve and look at the problem and try a new thing. But I, I know that many, of us in ministry have felt more that change happens to us, that it's imposed upon us, yeah. and that there is a lack of freedom mm-hmm. in our current circumstances, whatever that might mean for people. And I I think this one can really feel like like an imposition, some, again, something happening to you. And I think the invitation of the Lord, the invitation of the Holy Spirit is to say, even in this, I want to bring about something new. Even in this, there is, there, is a, there is a good, right? So what in this moment is the good that I'm asking, that I'm inviting? Um, and for me, I think one of the practical things that comes to me about this is to really, I think a lot of, a lot of us finish the ministry year, we're almost done with the ministry year. I know, I know there's a lot left to do, but a, yeah. lot of, a lot of people then are like, okay, that was exhausting, Oof, and then we'll do it all again. Yeah. And I just think the, the value of really reviewing the year and looking and seeing, okay, are our current approaches meeting the needs of God's people? Right? How are people responding? Is there something we need to stop doing? Is there some like are we trying to do too much? Is there like I just think there's really good questions that could be asked and prayed with and and then we maybe would feel more free to ask yeah. the Lord what new he wants to bring about. Yeah. Or what different. Do you have a saint for this one? Ooh, I do. Saint Maximilian Kolbe. Mm. So Saint Maximilian Kolbe, um, of course we remember him for the giving his life in the concentration camp. Yeah. But before that, yeah. right, he had this huge media presence. He, he this huge publication. He was sending out newsletters and magazines and leaflets. And yeah. when that was really brand new, cutting edge. <laughs> yeah, for his stuff, time, that was innovative. It was incredibly innovative. Yeah, yeah and brave and dangerous. Right, yeah. obviously very dangerous. So I think about. What are the methods that like he might inspire in us That's a for great this one. age? Yeah, you know? I love St. Maximilian Kolbe. That's yeah. a great one. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm, you approve of my second choice. He approves of my second choice, everybody. <laughs> I'm relieved. No, I, I love it. I, I want to second it yeah. as your second choice. Yeah. yeah. And so I think just in closing on that one, I think just to think through, like if you're someone who's more loath to try new things, or if you're someone, like, find someone who's different from you, mm. and maybe you'll balance each other out. Yeah. Right? I think innovators need to be paired with someone who's a little more thoughtful, <laughs> a little more considerate. What will happen if we change all of that? Did you think about this? <laughs> right. I'm grateful we have someone on our team at, at Shrine that helps me in that way. And then I think those who are, yeah, on the other side, right, loath to try anything new, you need someone who will pull you along so you can yeah. experience the newness that God does want to bring about. And we got to balance each other out on this stuff, I think. Yeah, and I think, you know, now more than, so two thoughts on this. Number one, now more than ever it's needed just because our world is changing so much. Yeah. You know, like the pace of change keeps increasing and with the technological revolution we're in, you know, young people need different different ways of the gospel being proclaimed to them. That's at the heart of the new evangelization. It's at the heart of what Pope John Paul, Pope Benedict, Pope Francis have been telling us, Mm -hmm. right? It's our obligation to find ways to yeah. share the truth, the unchanging truth of the gospel yeah. in ways that can be heard and understood and received yeah. um, by people of this generation. Mm-hmm. And that often means I have to you know, do a little work to say, mm-hmm. um, how do I share this in a way that is convincing mm-hmm. um, and is, you know, can be received by them? Yeah. Um, so that I think that's really important. And then number two, to see that innovation is not 
a condemnation of, of what's come before. Of course right? not. Yeah, so the way that, you know, we need to honor all the great work that's been done mm-hmm. in previous years or even generations yeah. and to say to be innovative now is not a condemnation yeah. of what happened we're before. building on what the yeah. lord has already done here and make sure people don't yeah. feel that way as we move forward yeah that's so. really good all right yeah any more good habits beth uh confidence in god ah. confidence in god the renewal of the archdiocese of detroit is not our work but his divine work in which we're cooperating yeah that sounds like more fun than that it's our work <laughs> I'm sorry? That sounds more fun than that it's all our work, and good luck with that. <laughs> it does, but it does require that yeah. docility, right? It if does. it's God's work, yeah. I am not the yeah. uh, protagonist of it. Yeah. That God is working That's right. God to, is make working. It, um, to make it real. Um, yeah. And I know the Archbishop a number of times will talk about this question of, do I believe that Jesus rose from the dead? Mm. And that all of us is Catholics need to come back to that really simple reality. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think with this, do I believe that God wants this renewal? Mm. Right? That God wants to renew my heart, yeah. wants to renew the people of Southeast Michigan? Um, or do I think it's just a program that yeah. we're just kind of like, it's the latest thing that we need to do? Mm-hmm. You know, do I really believe God wants this? Yeah. That he is a good God who wants to do good things for us and mm-hmm. for those who seek him. Um, mm-hmm. And so there's a, a lot of purification in me yeah. that's required in that. And that comes back to a confidence, or it, it leads to a confidence. Mm-hmm. Like, do I believe God wants to do this? Mm-hmm. And if I do, then I can act with confidence. I can rely on that. I can trust in that, mm-hmm. that he's going to do something. And if I think it's just my work, man, it, it's like, Moses, yeah. you know, going to Pharaoh and Pharaoh telling the Egyptians, mm-hmm. you know, more bricks, no straw. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> right? Just keep doing the work and there's yeah. fewer people and there's fewer resources yeah. available, but keep doing the work. And yeah. we take on a, a mentality of slavery yeah. instead of a mentality of free sons and daughters of God. Very true. I think for this one, I think I think this is my weakest of mm. the five. I think it's easy in ministry. For, for I'll just speak for myself. For me, in ministry, doing so many different things, I see my fingerprints on the things. Yeah. And I see my fingerprints, and then at, there there can come a time where all I see are my fingerprints. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, okay, I I, I I wrote this, and I made that, and I, I did that, and I brought these, you know. And, and so for me, I think what I'm really working on is, like, how do I celebrate? what I'm seeing God doing because celebrating shapes culture. Celebrating draws my eyes out of the mud up to the sky to see all the good that God is bringing about, right? And it helps me recognize also, this isn't isn't just yours, lady. Yeah. (laughs) And thank goodness for that. Um, Something beyond me going on. Yeah. But I, so we've been trying to do that a bit at Shrine and when we get together, like, what can we celebrate? Mm -hmm. Where have you seen God moving in your work, in your ministry, in your personal life? What, What are you seeing? What can we celebrate? Yeah. Yeah. And one aspect of this I think is important to speak to those who work in parishes and families of parishes. Um, This is one that requires a renewal of our youth. I think a lot of these do, but, you know, that we can feel our bones getting dry after a number of years, a number of cycles through programs. Mm -hmm. And God does not desire us to get old in that way. Mm. (laughs) You know, our bodies will get old, (laughs) we'll break down. Um, we all have to, you know, meet 
death as disciples right. of Jesus. Yep. But he wants us to be young in our hearts. And that means I'm trusting in him. Mm. Even when this looks dark over here, or even when I've been disappointed. Um, so there right. is a, I think here there is a real call. Um, if you've been working in a parish or parishes for a while, if you feel beaten down or if mm. you feel morale might be a little low, like to seek out what I need to grow in my confidence in God, mm-hmm. uh, especially in prayer. I know for me, my time of retreat is so important mm-hmm. as a priest. And I, I hope our ministers, um, our, our mission uh, direct mm-hmm. people are, are really serious about their own time of prayer and their own uh, commitment to the Lord. Um, yeah that we need that. And sometimes we don't realize we need it until we're forced to do it or we do it and we see kind of the back end and see our old selves in the light of kind of coming out out of that retreat. But um, like there's a way God wants to keep renewing us in spirit in this. Absolutely. I've been taking some time to look back over the last few years and just look for graces and consolations to see exactly that. You know, where has the Lord been? And I found this great just moment from back in the early days of the pandemic. And I had written down um, the scripture verse, hidden in the storm, I answered you from Psalm 81. And I was just like, okay, Lord, like I see you, I see your promise there and you were faithful. Of course you answered me in the midst of that. Of course you answered all of us in the midst of that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. For confidence in God, I, I think of Mother Teresa. I okay. kind of my hero, but she was 38 when she felt the Lord calling her to leave the Loretto sisters and go and just serve the poorest of the poor. She left at the age of 38 in a foreign country with 55 cents. That's what she had. That's a lot That's of confidence. It. That's a lot of confidence in God, right? Yeah. A lot of confidence in God. Mm. And the Lord provides. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. It's beautiful. I think of Jesus for this one. I'm going to pick Jesus Great. as the Tell one for me this one. It. Tell me that you're, yeah, you're just one-upping me. <laughs> Beautiful. I'm delighted. That's great. Tell uh, me why. That, that didn't annoy you the way I was hoping it would annoy you. <laughs> Sorry. No. Well, I, I mean, of course, our Lord is the perfection all of, of all them. these. Yes. All of these go back right. to the mind and the heart of Jesus, they do. right? We talk about that. But yeah. um, in confidence in God, I here I think of St. Therese is mentioned here. She is. And yeah. so you'll take uh, Mother Teresa. I'll take St. <laughs> Therese. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. her simplicity of, you know, yeah. feeling called to do great things by kind of a, you know, her heart had great desires. Yeah. And she used that great desire in her heart to like, yeah. to let God do great things in seemingly small ways yeah. <laughs> and to let him be the measure of her yeah. greatness. Yeah. You know, her, she had a great desire to be a missionary, mm-hmm. great desire to bring the faith to people who've never heard of Jesus before. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Lord said, that's not where I'm calling you. Yeah. And her understanding that even in the confines of a convent, mm-hmm. she can do great things yeah. um, when the little things are imbued with great love. Mm-hmm. And just how important is that for all disciples, but especially those who work in parishes? You know, maybe we don't have the same numbers of people we had before. Maybe we feel like, you know, things are not working the way we want them to work, mm-hmm. or we wish there were kind of broader horizons to some mm-hmm. of the things. You know, people come to a program, yeah. we pour ourselves into a program, right. and six right. people show up. Yep. Right? We've all had that experience yeah. where there's a way in our human capacity to be disappointed, mm-hmm. but to say, this is a chance for me to do something seemingly little with great love and trust that the Lord is working there mm-hmm. more profoundly than doing 
great things by worldly standards yeah. um, in a normal or a miserly way. So yeah. uh, St. Therese, I think, is a great example St. Therese is, yep, total confidence in God, yeah. And the next one kind of comes out of this, too, I think, yeah. you know, as we were talking about, or you were talking about this need to mm-hmm. think about celebrate wins, yeah. celebrate good stuff, mm-hmm. an attitude of gratitude. Yeah. Here we read, the best antidote to discouragement is to praise mm-hmm. God continually for who he is and to thank him for what he has done. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I yeah, there's so many ways to grow in gratitude. Our our kids um after Christmas just got very complainy. I don't know what happened, but something happened and everyone was very complainy and it's still going yeah. on. And I, I finally just thought, "All right, folks, here's what's happening. You're allowed to complain if you must." And after that, you must offer a statement of gratitude. <laughs> That's it. And little ones complaining about what's for dinner or whatever. Maybe it was the tofu Caesar salad. I don't know. But well, that's a just complaint. But anyway. <laughs> Maybe it is. But nevertheless, after that, hearing the same little voice say, yeah. "I'm grateful I have a family," hmm. it it just it it repairs and it strengthens, yeah. right? So I I mean I've seen the power of gratitude transform even my littlest ones. Yeah. So yeah, I think yeah, gratitude is. Well, I, yeah. I think you, you got your finger on the right thing there with um, gratitude being the antidote for discouragement or for complaining. Mm-hmm. Um, we're never short on things to complain about. We're not, no. <laughs> um, and some of it can be an acknowledgement of a reality, but oftentimes our complaining is skewing the way we see the world. Absolutely. Um, and to force ourselves to be grateful, to say, okay, here is a good thing that maybe I've taken for granted, um, Mm -hmm. but this is what I need to focus my attention on. Maybe I've shared this uh, before, Beth, but like Mm. I had this situation in seminary with a seminarian. It was just Mm -hmm. driving me nuts. Mm. Um, And just kind of like complaining to a priest uh, about this, my spiritual director, and him saying like, what's good in that situation Mm -hmm. revealed my blindness, right? I see nothing good in him. I can't stand him. And in saying that, like, just those words convicted me, right? Like clearly I've been blinded. And so to ask the Lord to see him the way the Lord sees him changed my perspective. And I think even in our suffering and our difficulties and things we want to complain about or get discouraged about, to invite Jesus in and say, Mm -hmm. Lord, show me how you see this situation. And to be grateful for all those opportunities, um, whether, you know, in, in in the most difficult way, whether it's, conforming us to the paschal mystery right right that's where salvation comes from jesus is offering of himself so to be Mm -hmm. grateful that i get to be part of that um you know that that's not a human level of gratitude right that can take a supernatural grace but Mm -hmm. if we're working in the church if we have made a vocation to be priest religious lay ecclesial minister to be a disciple of jesus like this is what we need to be conformed to yeah. and to be grateful that God is storing up for us treasures even yeah. through our difficulties or sufferings. Yeah, very true. And maybe maybe to this end also we need to think about heaven more, right? That the Lord's calling us there, that the Lord's inviting us there, that the dignity of being his children, right, our inheritance, all of that. I heard a talk, um, it was actually Dr. Marlon De La Torre. He was talking um, to the volunteers at Shrine. We had a big gathering and yeah. invited them all and. Um, they were asking, the, the theme of the day was the joy of serving. <laughs> and someone asked, do you have any suggestions for finding more joy in serving? <laughs> and, and he said, maybe, maybe asking in prayer, like, do we need to do less? 
do we need to do less in order to live more gratefully, mm. um, to live with more joy? Is the Lord asking us to prune something? Yeah. Mm. I really love things to be nicely formatted and prepared in advance, <laughs> but sometimes the Lord is saying, no, I have more to give you, and then you don't get to format it this time. <laughs> you just need to show up. So, Well, I, yeah. I don't want to jump ahead to the spirit of cooperation. I know yeah. we're going to talk about that next, but yeah. that is always a challenge for me, this like... To cooperate with people is to allow them to do things in ways I wouldn't do it 100% that way, right? <laughs> That's true. So my own perfection yeah. of, yeah. okay, cooperation means it doesn't get to be my little kingdom. That's true. And I don't get um, to micromanage all of it. Yeah. And and to be grateful that people's gifts are being used, even if I would say, I might do that a little differently. Mm-hmm. Um I, I tell the seminarians this often, hmm. which I always feel odd quoting myself, like popes quote themselves in encyclicals. Yeah, so I'm, like I'm on the edge quoting of my myself. I'm very excited yeah, to hear I know, what you're going to say. <laughs> what, you're gonna, what are you going to say you said? <laughs> I hope it's good. I heard this great talk I gave. If you're driving, time. folks, pull over. Pull, you're going to want to pull over for this one. Find a good parking oh, spot. Get out of here. Okay. But I think it's important, so I, I'm okay repeating it to them, this idea of we can think of ourselves in a, in a sports analogy, um, too much of, of announcers or critics mm. commenting on what other people are doing yeah. and saying like, oh, they should do that better or I would have done it differently. Mm. When we forget we're meant to be on the field playing. That's true. Right? And when you're playing in the game, when you're on the field, you have a whole lot less time and energy to critique what other people do, mm-hmm. right? To be like a, an announcer or, or an mm-hmm. analyst. There are times we have to step back and say, should we mm-hmm. continue this or not? But there can be the attitude of thinking I'm a critic mm-hmm. or I'm an analyst um, critiquing people who are doing things, who are trying things. Yeah. Right? And just be grateful that we have people, yeah. even if it's not the perfect plan, yeah. people are doing things. That's right. And that's yeah. where we need to be. That's yeah. where the Lord calls us to be. Yeah. You know, the... the parable of the talents, you know, Mm -hmm. the man who's afraid to invest them, afraid to put them um, to work, right, to use these gifts. And he just says, well, I'm just going to bury my talent. The Lord says, shame on you for Mm -hmm. that, right? He gives the credit to people who have gone out and who've kind of engaged in the work of ministry rather than the one who says, I'm worried something could go wrong. Yeah. Do you got a saint for gratitude? Uh, a grateful saint? Uh-huh. I don't. Anybody come to mind? Anybody I, who I like, should, thanks I should have God done ahead this. of time? Anyone come to mind? Um, a saint who a thanks saint God who ahead of time? I know a blessed who thanks God ahead of time. Well, okay. God ahead of fine, time, but fine, fine. Who, who do you have? <laughs> well, I figured you would say Blessed Solanus Casey, um, but I was going with St. Faustina. Mm. Apparently, we found prayer journals of St. Faustina where she thanked God for crosses and sufferings in her daily lives. And I... I mean, I have a gratitude journal, and I usually put down more of the happy things that I, you know, <laughs> the, the yummy dinner and whatever. But to thank God for the hard too, you know, as you were saying, the, to thank God that we are able to participate in the Paschal mystery, right? Yeah. Um, that'll that'll help you grow in gratitude. Amen. <laughs> yeah. Amen. Yeah. I wish I had one at at the ready, but we'll take Solana's case at you yeah. giving me one, I'm, you know, telling me yeah. what my gratitude saint should be. I appreciate it. Beth is always more than prepared. <laughs> Except uh, when the Lord doesn't let me be, <laughs> and then fine. No. Yeah. Solana's Casey is uh, a fantastic one. Yeah. Uh, St. Faustina is fantastic as well. Those are great saints. So yeah. we, we have lots of people that we can ask their intercession yeah, to when we're in struggling yep. yeah yeah so spirit of cooperation yeah I, I was struck by how much of this section really focuses on competition 
Mm. And competition is really the opposite of cooperation, um, the sense of rivalry. And I just think with family parishes, right, there's been so, like, I mean, we're just down the street from each other and we've never shared. Or, right. You know, and, and not to say everyone, lots of, lots of our great people were already calling and sharing and doing things together. But I was just pondering, yeah, why, why haven't we coordinated our calendars before, you know? Yeah. And is, is it rivalry or not, if not rivalry, a sense of like, yeah, but like that, that's them. Like this is what we're doing, right? Yeah. But it, like to understand a broader sense of we as the body of Christ seems like a pretty good thing. Yeah. What do you think good comes out of cooperation, the spirit of cooperation? I think something new. Yeah. Something new and better than what any of us would have made on our own. Yeah. Because, because my ideas get checked or purified yeah. or my blind spots get found out. Yeah. Right? Um, and like there's different minds working on it from different perspectives, yeah. kind of enriching each yeah. other. Um, yeah, I, I think there's a, a great gift that comes from cooperation, both um, I get enlivened by hearing other people's faith, by hearing mm-hmm. their ideas or their plans, yeah. and mine get my ideas or plans can help other people as well. Mm-hmm. And families of parishes is that you know it's a huge part of this. Obviously, Absolutely. there's a whole lot of cooperation, yeah. um, and the way that's always purifying and always grace filled. Yeah. So um, yeah, that this grace requires a, a kind of purification from me. It does. Um, yeah. Day by day, by day, by yeah. day, by day. Uh, and that's yeah, because we're gonna right? rub each other the wrong way. I mean, I'm, yeah. there are people who find me frustrating. Oh, come on! And I'm sure there are people that I find frustrating too. And yeah. we need each other. Yeah, <laughs> that's the beautiful good. Yeah, that's the beautiful good that we need each other. Right? The Lord always intended for us to need each other, or else He would have just given me all the gifts. And He did not. <laughs> he <laughs> right? did not he to did not. any of us. He did not. Right? right? He's made us to be interdependent. Yeah. yeah. And this is the whole image that St. Paul says about the body of Christ. Yeah. Right? We're all parts of the body of Christ um, yeah. working together, and I need to honor the great gifts he's given you, and he's given yeah. Ron here as our producer and yeah. others, um, and just as like you acknowledge and honor the gifts he's given me. And yeah. it's about bringing Christ to people, sharing his faith. It's not about yeah. me getting the credit or the yeah. glory. And I think cooperation gets easier when we do that. When we affirm each other, when we celebrate the gifts that others have been given, it becomes easier and freer and and better. It just everything gets better when we do yeah. that. I I think as a as a large group and as small groups and as individuals, we've got to do that more yeah. to thank God for other people and the gifts that God has given them because it's the antidote to pride. Yeah. It's the antidote to individualism and just whatever whatever ick kind of creeps into our habits of this is mine don't touch it right <laughs> yeah. whenever we become that way in ministry that's that doesn't seem like what the holy spirit would inspire yeah so we were talking about some tips for this i think yeah. for me one of the most important things is being willing to be the first one to reach out because mm. it can be so self-fulfilling to say well i'm not going to share with this person because they haven't shared with me mm. or you know that just like picking up an attitude or yeah. kind of a um, an ambiance of either distrust or competition, lots of ways. The way one person breaking through that mm-hmm. can create a domino effect or that grace nice. can be transferred. You think about that, um, complimenting someone often generate, or generates a compliment back to you or mm-hmm. asking someone for help breaks down that barrier, yeah. then they're more willing <laughs> to yeah. ask for help, right? Yep. And so how important it is for us in parishes 
to be willing to be the first person to do this. Because if you're always waiting to be the second person to do it, (laughs) that ball never gets rolling. No, it doesn't. So I think the importance is like, if you haven't done this before, reach out to someone, even if you're not sure it's going to go well. Have confidence in God, mm-hmm. reach out to them and ask their cooperation on a small project yeah. and see how that can build. Yeah. And I think we have to also think, Are we, am I being flexible? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lord, yeah. how are you asking me to be flexible here? Right. I mean, we've got, there are certain boundaries on projects, but on the other hand, like how, yeah, how flexible can we be so that everyone's perspectives and voices, there's, there's room for them without things getting awry. Um, and then yeah. for some reason with cooperation, the other thing that was coming to me, and I'm not sure why, but I was just thinking about um, how we often, the opposite of cooperation is sort of like a, more of a lack of charity, um, if there's any engagement at all. And I was just thinking again about social media, and I just feel like I'd love to hear, and maybe, maybe, maybe you can do this, I'd love to hear a whole homily that just is like, maybe you don't need to post that. <laughs> maybe you don't need to leave that comment. Maybe maybe that doesn't make the world better, that comment right there, that snide pokey yeah you're all wrong and i'm the only one who's right maybe we just don't need to post that it's just not very cooperative do you want me to pull up certain comments and kind of project them at church (laughs) and say (laughs) you know no i don't i don't know that you have to do that in (laughs) 2018 joseph so-and-so said this can you imagine (laughs) joe's with us today no 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 but but i just the point of are we being charitable like we're not going to be cooperative we're not being we're not living out of good habits if we're not even being charitable Um, And I think even our most engaged and faithful people, we can fall into this. And so I just, we just need to get off. If we, if you can't, if you don't have anything nice to say, move along. Well said. Move along. Um, Looking to go to our last one here, but Beth, you have a saint, the patron Um, saint of a spirit of cooperation. I was thinking of St. Paul and St. Barnabas because they traveled together, but they also had some conflict. Yeah. And so I was just thinking, okay, maybe those two can pray for us when we want to work together and do good things, but sometimes we have conflict. That's great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I would offer St. Jose Maria Escriva, who mm. founder of Opus Dei and had this great acknowledgement of the work that God was calling the lay people, lay people to yeah. do yeah. in families, in work, right, in the world, mm-hmm. and how he really saw, like, he, he was a very early collaborator of this, mm. even before the Second Vatican Council, and then mm-hmm. afterwards, how just the gifts of lay people and how as priests, they're not that's not in competition, yeah. and seeing that in our parishes to making sure make sure we don't see this as mm-hmm. um, we see it as a right uh, collaboration and not competition between mm-hmm. what priests do and the wonderful yeah. work our lay ministers do. Love it, love it. Apostolic boldness, our last yep. good habit. <clears throat> Apostolic boldness. Yep. I think of the, I think of, obviously, there's so many saints for this, but I, the just out of the blue, St. Joan of Arc really strikes me when I think of yeah. apostolic boldness and that one quote. I know Father John Ricardo and others keep bringing this one quote, you know, and maybe it's a quote that we really need to hear in this particular moment, but I am not afraid. God is with me. I was born for this. Yeah. And oftentimes when I hear people say the quote, I hear them say, I'm not afraid. I was born for this. I'm like, that's, that's close. <laughs> <laughs> that's close. But the middle part, God is with me. That's yeah. the crux of the whole matter. That's the crux of all of our apostolic boldness. It's not like the disciples just woke up on Pentecost and they're like, you know what, let's try a thing. I've got a couple ideas. Let's just spitball this together. And you know what, let's take this to the streets. Yeah. <laughs> so what happened, right? And sometimes I think we do that. We sit around and we're like, well, what do we just do a thing? And yeah. But like this, this one has to go with docility to the Holy Spirit. It has to. Yeah. The boldness is because God called the apostles, yeah. right? Not and just empowered like, them. Yeah. 
Dr. Healy, in her teaching of the Old Testament, um, shed light on this when I was in seminary that I had not heard of before. It was kind of new, but like every time God calls someone, Mm -hmm. he calls them and they object, right? They're like, come on, you don't (laughs) want me. Moses does this, the prophets do this, Mm -hmm. Jeremiah, they all put up obstacles. And he doesn't answer them with like, oh, you have all the gifts to do this. Don't (laughs) worry. You're great. Right. He says, no, I will be with you. Yeah. Right. That's their assurance to do what he calls them yeah. to do, to That's do great, so great things. So just like Joan of Arc, yeah. the power comes not from like, it's okay, you got this, you're great. So right? true. It doesn't come from that. It yeah. comes from, no, I will be with yeah. you. And that Jesus makes yeah. that promise, right? I will be with you until the end of the ages. Yeah. I will never leave you. I've given my Holy yeah. Spirit to you. And so the capacity doesn't come from our own human virtue that comes from God's promise to be with us and to be docile, to go back to our first one, to be docile to what God wants to do in us and through us, Mm -hmm. and then to be bold in living that out. Mm -hmm. Um, John Paul II, great hero for me, I think of this, right? Just taking, there was so much confusion when he became Pope, so Mm -hmm. much uncertainty, and he was totally unafraid, and he kept telling all of us in the church, do not be afraid. It may seem messy, God is with us. Christ does not abandon us. Be faithful to what he's given us. Uh, The Lord will will always be there. And I think, you know, we can feel that moment at times in our our parishes, in our families, in our own life, or even in our archdiocese. Mm -hmm. And we need to be reminded that, like, do not be afraid. God is with you. He will not abandon you. That's right. Stay the course. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I think for this one too, I think we've got to spend time with other people who are also on fire, like who are also given over to Jesus, given over to mission and bringing more people in. Yeah. Um, I just think of the one coal separated from the fire, right? It just goes out. Um, so I've just been thinking to myself, I mean, we have all these great gatherings that, you know, I mean, you can go to holy hours here and there and everywhere. There's talks here and there and everywhere. But I, I feel like I'm I'm hungry myself for where where are the coals gathering right yeah. where are the hot coals that we can gather together and really just be praying you know and I, I just, there's a lot of ways we can do that but i think each one of us has to say you know lord how can i how can i really be bold and and who do i need to be bold with yeah. right i think one person on their own it's just not going to last amen yeah well said beth yeah apostolic boldness uh yeah Who's your saint? I, saint Catherine Drexel. Catherine Drexel. So wealthy, socialite. Parents yeah. died. She had all the money. Was moved by the plight of the poor. Yeah. Went to the Pope and said, "You've got to do something for Black Americans. You've got to do something for Native Americans." Yeah. And the Pope said, looking at this very wealthy woman who has all the inheritance, and and he says, "Well, maybe you should do it. Why don't you do it?" And she responds. All right. <laughs> I mean, after many tears, I understand. Yeah. But but she answered with her life so boldly, right? I mean, to even think that she would be able to do that after living, you know, as a princess. <laughs> She's yeah. like the wealthiest person in the country. <laughs> and then to give all of her money and all of her time and all of her life to serve the poor that our world didn't even, our country, culturally, people didn't even care. It wasn't, right. no one celebrated here. I mean, you'd give a penny and we expect everyone to celebrate, right. right? Nobody was celebrating what she was doing. They thought it was very odd. Yeah. But her boldness and her following the Holy Spirit, huh. I want to be like her. I want to be her friend. Don't you want to be her friend, Ron? <laughs> Ron, Ron is yeah. nodding vigorously. He is. Yeah. What a great example yeah. for us and a great American saint, a reminder yeah. that 
in the challenges of our country that we have here and now or in other times. God is raising up men and women to be bold and to bring the truth of the gospel into that age. And brothers and sisters, our time, God is raising us up. He's calling us, each of you listening to this, to um, and take on these good habits, to conform yourself to the mind and heart of Christ, and to be the salt and the light for our day and age here and now. So let's embrace these good habits, Beth. Let's live them out. Yeah, and let's celebrate when we see other people living them out, right? And affirm that. This has been the Encounter Grow Witness podcast featuring Father Steve Polis and Beth Spazzarni. This podcast is intended to be a source of support and refreshment for those who work for the church, who are engaged as volunteers in the church. Like and subscribe this monthly podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google, or or wherever you get your podcasts. And if this has been a support to you, please consider leaving a five-star review so we can reach more people.